Hi, uh, and welcome to another episode of Talking Trade. I'm Ian Coxhead at the University of Wisconsin. And I'm Sandy Siegel, president of MEJ. Today, we're welcoming back our, our guest, Mike Dankler, a principal at Michael Best Strategies. Mike, you're on the ground in Washington and, and you've been influential on various trade policies, trade bills, and had input on things like the Section 232 duties and initiatives. So I'm really anxious to hear your insight on what's going on in Washington and in regards to Russia sanctions and, and the Russia policy today. And, and perhaps, you know, certainly something we're all keeping an eye on. So, um, you know, like to hear about, um, you know, your perspective, what's going on, um, it seems like there's additional rounds of sanctions being announced um, daily with um, the escalation um, in, in Ukraine and Russia. So perhaps you can start by bringing us up to date on where we are and, and some of the recent you know, sanctions announced. Yeah, of course. And, and thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. Um, but you're, you're correct. It seems like every day there's, there's something new coming out somewhere around the world, whether it's the U.S. or, or any of our allies. The U.S. has been very careful to coordinate with. Uh, the EU, uh, UK, and others uh, on these sanctions. And so what we've seen uh, recently is um, a lot of refinement, expansion of existing sanctions. So um, expanding to, to additional banks or tightening sanctions on banks, uh, additional individuals, uh, or, or you know, again, expanding or tightening those. Um, we're seeing bans on investment into Russia um, and, and other sanctions that just make um, debt payments more difficult. So we're seeing kind of across the board, just a lot of um, kind of things that they've already done, but they leave things on the table at the same time uh, that they can then go back and, and again, either tighten or, or just expand to other individuals, family members, things like that. So can you explain a little bit on, you know, how it's impacting some of us here, even in the US in, in regards to, you know, OFAC and the focus on aerospace and marine and electronics that, that seems to put controls on, you know, even some of us in the US, if you have interest in that, can, can you explain the dynamics and the thought process a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the early sanctions was, was a, a very robust ex export control regime. Uh, that a number of countries, uh, in addition to the U.S., have gotten involved in. The U.S. was, again, very careful to coordinate with uh, countries that would make these, these sanctions especially uh, impactful. Um, and so we have uh, export, you know, you can't export uh, high-tech goods, uh, avionics, marine equipment, a number of, of kind of high-tech goods that essentially choke off uh, Russian industry uh, and their military industrial complex from being able to produce. And so we're seeing a lot of factory shutdowns over there. Uh, as the U.S. Was, was very careful, not just to ban U.S. Uh, companies from doing, you know, from exporting, but, but um, instituting what's called foreign direct product rules, which we've only really seen uh, one other time on, on Chinese tech giant Huawei, um, where it basically says any company anywhere can't use U.S. Uh, technology or, or machines to, to send some of those goods over to Russia as well. So that includes China and, and other countries that, you know, may have been um, avenues for evasion. So, uh, obviously, you got to enforce all of that, but um, again, the U.S. at least got a lot of uh, Japan and other countries that are that are really important for those supply chains uh, to agree to it and say, okay, we're not going to send that stuff to Russia. Hmm. And uh, Mike, you know, we're starting to hear quite a bit, I think, uh, from Congress and elsewhere, sense of some kind of impatience about how long it's going to take for sanctions to really bite and have an effect. 
uh, we all know that that's a slow process, but um, uh, but that anxiety is out there very much. Uh, yesterday, the US banned uh, all uh, transactions in any currency by Spurbank, the biggest financial institution in Russia, and by the largest uh, private bank as well, Alpha Bank. They announced a ban on uh, all new investment by American uh, firms into Russia and an impending ban on transactions by, U uh, by Russian state-owned firms. Uh, lots of measures there, lots of new measures, as you said, uh, very highly coordinated with other countries as well. What sanctions are left on the table and how long do you think it's going to take before they really start to bite in terms of Russian effort in Ukraine? Yeah, um, it's it's really, I think what's le still left on the table um, is, is just that extension, refinement, tightening uh, for, for the most part. Um, the one area where the US and, and EU and others haven't really gone the full uh, way is is on energy. Um, the U.S. more so than the EU, but the EU is just so reliant on on Russian uh, oil and gas that they they can't go too far yet without really hurting them, themselves. Um, so they banned uh, Russian coal imports, yeah. but they just haven't been able to go as far as as that yet. Um, they've left some of the banks that facilitate energy transactions on sanctions. So. Um, that's that's kind of the one place where we're really there's more that could be done, but again, um, you know, you could sanction more commodities and things, but then you're starting to, you know, again hurt yourself at a time when aluminum and some of these other commodities are already going up. So, um, in terms of how long these sanctions might take, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's the million dollar, billion trillion dollar question right now. Um, you know, there's there's some of those longer term sanctions like the export controls that. Those are going to have an effect on the long term on, on you know, the factories and everything. But um, all these banking sanctions, again, the, the ones that the U.S. just just announced, um, they make a default almost imminent, it seems like, from, from what the, the financial experts are saying. And so, um, again, what is how does that impact Russia's ability to prosecute its war? That's kind of the main question and the secondary question of what does Vladimir Putin consider a win? Um, and they're right. redeploying forces. And so. You know, it seems like he's content to keep going. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's the X factor there is, you know, you can sanction him all he wants, but if he if he says keep going, they're, they're going to keep going as, as much as they can. I guess they're going to just uh, keep redirecting resources towards the war effort, right? Exactly. So we've got the direct impact of the war, thinking about the rest of the world. We've got the direct impact of the conflict itself. We've got the impact of sanctions and trade bans with Russia. And then we've got the kind of knock-on effects from things like higher energy prices through the European market. So uh, what is the impact or what is the evolving impact, I guess, on global supply chains? What do you see happening there? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty wide ranging. Um, Russia, you know, isn't as interconnected. I mean, a lot of people make the parallels between, you know, what, what's happening with Russia and Ukraine with China and Taiwan. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Russian impact on supply chains is more from a commodity perspective. Um, they just aren't as interconnected with, with Western supply chains. Um, you know, China just makes much more stuff. And so, um, you know, what we do see though is, is all those pricing impacts, uh, oil, you know, a lot of grains, but Ukraine and, and Russia are, are massive producers of wheat. Um, yeah. And uh, Belarus, which has been helping out Russia and Russia are both big in fertilizer. So um, big impacts on agriculture and um, to, the, to the extent that, you know, we're, we're, there's a lot of worries about potential issues with uh, famine or, or just food supply shortages. Um, but, um, you know, we, we haven't seen that yet, but that's, that's definitely a concern is, Ukraine may not be able to plant those crops 
and then right. get them out of their ports, which are all bombed out or, or occupied by Russians. And yeah. Russia, you know, I mean, what we the net effect of all these financial sanctions is that any transaction with any Russian business, you really have to do a lot of due diligence to make sure what banks involve, what who owns this, you know, this business that you're transacting with. And, uh, you know, it makes it very difficult to, to do any business with Russia because you're just, um, you don't know who's on the other end of that. And, and you know, we're, we're allocating, the U.S. is allocating a lot of money towards sanctions enforcement. So you don't want to end up on the other end of that. Sure. So there's, there's, there's big impacts from the pricing perspective on, on supply chains, but, you know, we're, we're not necessarily seeing some of those other disruptions yet. I can share we we've had a few anecdotes, you know, with our with our transactions. Certainly, you know, it's yet another thing um, escalating pricing and transportation. With you know, we've seen fuel surcharges go up to sixty percent on the West Coast, and um, you know, in reaction. So you know, again, another another strain on on the cost of transportation and, and moving goods. Um, and I I can say that both on import and export, we've transactionally had some challenges, you know, um, good stuck and had fish from Russia on its way here, frozen fish and, and a few commodities that, that got stuck along the way. So um, as you say, it's not a huge trading partner, um, you know, for us in the Midwest, but I think, yeah, you know, more relevant to the, you know, the economy as a whole and, and how it's impacting us. Exactly. What if, you, what if you were a uh, U.S. Uh, agribusiness or farm enterprise, what kind of knock-on effects would you be seeing there? Obviously, prices are going to start jumping pretty sharply as the, uh, as the impact of lower crop planting in Ukraine and Russia starts to feed through the system. What else? Yeah, I mean, I think that thus far, from, from everything I've heard, it's, it's mostly the prices right now. You know, I mean, and the, the question is what... Um, what does Ukraine, I mean, they're, they're trying to plant those crops, they're trying to get that stuff on the ground. And so, you know, the kind of all eyes are going to be on that and, and how, just how the global, you know, waves ripple out, um, you know, do there end up being food shortages? Do we have to kind of try to share some of that, you know, um, and, and try to alleviate, you know, a global uh, panic. So, um, you know, that's, again, that's, that's what we're seeing thus far. It doesn't mean there won't be more, more issues coming out, but you know, all those fertilizer and, and grain exports never really came here. Um, right. But all of a sudden, all of those other avenues are cut off. And so that just sends, you know, big shockwaves through the, through the global markets for those, those commodities. Oh, exactly. Mike, thank you for joining us again. Um, always great insight. And again, you're, you're right there on, in the front line. So really helpful to get your perspective. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Thanks again, Mike. And uh, this has been another episode of Talking Trade. See you in the next time.